Welcome to Member Maker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Julie Duffy Dillon, founder of PCOS and Food Peace, about her experience as a guest on a reality TV show, how she used that notoriety to build an email list, and the benefits of not using scarcity as a marketing tactic. Hi, Julie. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Ward. It's so great to connect. Thanks. Yeah. So let's start off with you telling uh, the listeners a bit about your membership business and, and who you're helping. So I help people with PCOS, and PCOS is a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. It affects one in five of those who are assigned female at birth. So a lot of people have this condition, yet it is a underserved, I mean, significantly underserved population. And I'm a registered dietitian and also trained as a counselor. And I've worked with individuals with this condition for close to 15 years now. And, you know, this is a a group of people that just was not really getting any kind of focus outside of just individual kind of meetings. So yeah, so people with PCOS. And then I also have a program where I help dietitians who, um, like me, do a similar kind of work and want to help people with PCOS. And what exactly are you providing for the members? Like, what do they get? So part of what the members get is um, I have a 12-step system that I have developed with, you know, doing this for a number of years now. So they get access to videos and online training for these 12 steps. And along with that, I have meditations and then I also have monthly Q&A type calls. And for the people with PCOS, it's, it's where they basically can ask any question and we can dig deeper. We can also help people with this condition to be able to connect with each other because it is a really kind of embarrassing condition for many people. Um, Even though so many people have it, they just feel so alone. So it gives people an opportunity to connect with others going through the same thing. And then for the one for professionals, for dietitians, I call it monthly supervision, which is basically helping therapists to be better therapists. And so we can discuss their cases or just stumbling places that they're getting. So yeah, so it's an online type of library of education, and then it has monthly live access. And then I have other little nuggets I'll put in there like handouts and bonus roadmaps and things like that, that all I've been like putting in over time and also a workbook. Gosh, there's so many other things that I've been adding, (laughs) but that's the meat of it. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. So it it sounds like you, you have two very different customers or members, right? Sort of, but you know, they are using the same course. So, so um, you know, in a way, it's they're not so different, but it's kind of coming from a different angle. What I basically did, though, is I first had the course for people with PCOS, and then all these other practitioners were wanting to take it too. So I'm like, well, why don't I just make one where you can get continuing education? Because we need to get 75 units every year as dietitian, or every five years rather as dietitian. So I'm like, why don't I just help you like meet the education needs? And so I basically just duplicated the course and now people can learn from it to help their clients with too. Yeah, that's smart. And what do you charge for this? People can pay three different ways, but if they do the lump, like one payment, it's $697 or they can do three payments of $287. And then I just added a year or a one time a month option where it's $67 a month for a year. Gotcha. So why don't we transition to how you built up an audience to even you know provide this course for? What were some of the tactics you used to build up that audience? Well, the word tactics is really interesting to me because I don't think my brain really works that way just because like I am not a big planner and I am someone that's kind of like, well, 
this is what I'm doing right now. And I say that because part of how I got this audience was because I had this random opportunity to be on network television. I'm a 44-year-old mother of two. Um, like reality TV is not really looking for me. And so I stumbled upon this opportunity where there is a reality TV show being filmed in my city. And I just happened to be the expert that was like, so fit this person. And so they're like, hey, can you be on this reality TV show? And I'm like, all right, that's fine. And you know, I probably won't ever be on reality TV again. But it was a really great way to start having a bigger audience than just my regional kind of connections that I had. And from there, I was like, well, I have this audience, let's do something with it. That's why I'm like tactics. Well, I kind of like this just kind of fell into my lap. And so then I was like, I got to be smart about it. And what I actually did from there, because the person that I was helping, she experienced PCOS. And so I started actually a podcast that doesn't specialize in PCOS, but it helps people with a complicated relationship with food. And people with PCOS often have a complicated relationship with food. And so this podcast started. And then after a couple of years, I just started growing an audience in general. And I found my episodes that really focused on PCOS or or just if I named PCOS, people who were, I don't know, just people who had PCOS or people who were influencers on certain platforms who had PCOS would share it. And they're like, thankfully, there's some resource of someone who's helping people with PCOS in this unique way. And so I was like, wow, there's something to this. And I started getting a lot of individual clients from all over the world. And there's only one of me. And so i didn't want to see any more clients because I didn't want to work more. So that's when I was like, I need to be smart again and think of another way to do this and not like, I want to help people, but I also don't want to kill myself helping people. So the, the course became the next option for me that felt like a smart investment. And from there, you know, I had been doing it for 10 years. So I really feel like I, even though I don't experience this condition, I understand it as much as a person can without it. So my experience helped me really to be able to know how to build the course and like what people need. Right. Okay. So the big break initially was that, that TV show appearance. Now by being on that show, how did that directly translate to people? I mean, obviously people see your, your name, but did you have like your website linked there? Did you have like an email list? Was it social media? How did that actually translate to people knowing about you? So it's funny because I that's actually like the month before it aired, I started collecting emails. So yeah, people just started Googling me and calling me to connect and, you know, find a way to work with me because of the appearance. So yeah, I just started to direct people to my website when they would do that and start collecting emails. And then I also on my website, after each time, because I, I was on the show twice, after each time I was on, I made sure I had a, a summary of the like points and you know this is why I said this and this is why I said that and within those blog posts that I was posting after each show I made sure to mention the, this podcast that was coming up that I was going to be releasing just to start giving people that like you know little seed planted and again collecting their email address so I could let them know when it was going to be coming out yeah it's smart and obviously you have a very specific thing that you're helping mm -hmm. with right so mm -hmm. that's something we always talk about is that you know having a certain specific niche, if you will, can be very helpful because mm -hmm. there's people that are looking for that. And by definition, because it's a niche, there aren't a ton of people serving it. So that that's that's a smart, I mean, it doesn't sound like you planned it that way, but it worked out. So that, that's great. So let's transition to what hasn't really worked that you've tried unintentionally or, or, or intentionally so far for your business. 
So what I found, um, because yeah, I do have a very specific niche and what didn't work, I kind of need to tell you kind of what the specific niche is in order to understand why it didn't work. So, you know, not only is it people with PCOS, but I serve my clients in a way that is not using diets or weight loss to help improve health or just, you know give permission to, to, to be around. And so that niche is very specific, of course, but it also takes a lot of connection and relationship building. And the traditional kind of way of selling anything is, of course, like touching on pain points and scarcity. And what I found is, because I did some kind of online training to help me to figure out how to launch. And my launch was not as successful as I thought it would be. Um, I sold some courses, but it was it was enough to like, oh, okay, I made some money from this, but it wasn't like, oh wow, I can take a month off and go backpack through Europe. It was nothing like that, you know. <laughs> so I was like, what can I do differently? And what I really gathered, because actually I, I did two more launches after that, is that kind of like the typical sales tactics. Not only did they feel uncomfortable, which I feel like they feel uncomfortable for a lot of people, but um, I feel like they were not a good fit for me and how my strengths and the way I connect with my audience. And they were not a good fit for the people I serve. So using the typical kind of points that people use in launches, yeah, they didn't work for me. And so when I redirected and found other ways to sell the courses in a way that felt consistent with me and my brand and focused on the way that like way my strengths come through, that's when I saw it really picking up steam. Gotcha. Okay. So why don't we dive into our deep question that we talked about before we started here. So what would you say is the number one most effective membership strategy that you know of or that you've implemented that you think listeners could really benefit from? So the thing that has really helped me is I no longer use any scarcity in my selling of my course, which I I don't know who else you're talking to in this kind of arena, but I, I, I say like, I know most people use that. And for me, what I found is whenever I talk to my audience, which I focus mostly on Instagram and the Instagram stories, and when I'm sharing about my course or talking about the work I'm doing within PCOS, and if I just happen to mention the course, I will say, you know, there's this, like I have two times a year, typically we'll have a, a, a coupon off. And what I really want people to know is that like, hey, I have it during this month. If this is not the right time financially for you, I'm going to have it again this month. So I have now my course, instead of launching, I'm just doing evergreen. And then I have these periods where I have a special. And people always just know when the specials are going to be. Every once in a while, I'll change it and be like, oh, I want to run an extra special just because I added this new, like when I added the yearly payment or like the monthly payment plan instead of just three or one lump sum. When I changed that, I was like, let's do a special bonus kind of coupon or something for that. And yet, but I still am like, okay, if, if this is not the right time for you, September will be the next time that I have a 30% off coupon and maybe that'll be the right time. And so for me, again, it feels more consistent because I, I don't want to use that scarcity to harm people who financially are more strapped. You know, I feel like it's the research behind that kind of system shows that it hurts people who are lower income, marginalized populations more than other people. So I'm like, that just feels icky to me. So I don't want to do that. And it is more consistent with just how I am. When I'm working with individuals, I'm very transparent, congruent, and very compassionate and kind of like, hey, body autonomy, you get to do what you want with your body. I am just here to help you along the way, however that looks for you. And so yeah, it just has felt better. 
And what I've seen it, not only has it helped improve the number of sales I have, but I, I don't feel like I need to knock on wood here when I say this. I've only had to give two refunds and they both were kind of life situations refunds, you know, where someone's like, oh my gosh, I just bought this course. I'm so excited, but I just lost my job. And so I need to get a refund. And, you know, somebody had something else similar. And so I have just only two refunds that I've had to do since I started these two courses. So to me, that's like a really good sign that I'm getting the right people too. Not only is it like helping my sales, but I'm connecting with the right people for me. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. To only two refunds over how long has the course been out? Two years this September. Wow. Yeah. That might, that might be a world record. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Well, and I'm knocking on wood right now because I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> I, hope, I hope I didn't just jinx myself. <laughs> no, I wouldn't worry. But let me dive into what you just mentioned is that there's a lot of good stuff in there. So really not focusing on scarcity and, and not, not employing it. I mean, it's an interesting take. I mean, I've definitely heard people talk about using scarcity and it being effective. So, But uh, I think you make a good point that just because something may work doesn't mean you should do it. Because especially if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't align with, you know, your brand, who you are, your audience, et cetera. And, you know, using psychology tactics, essentially, like a scarcity principle concept against people. Yeah, you can definitely see how that could, you don't want to use the word trick, but it could influence people to do something that maybe is not in their best interest right now, like you said. So I think that's a, a very honest way of looking at it. So instead, what you've done, it sounds like you, you said you do a, a coupon or like twice a year, basically, like a, like a sale of sorts. So what's the thinking behind that? Why even do the coupon? Why not? Why not just lower the price in general of the course throughout the year? Would that maybe lead to more sales? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It may. I don't know. And um, I haven't thought about it like that. But I also make sure that when I'm doing the coupon, it's it's in really important times. So September is PCOS Awareness Month. And so I feel like it's my way of like offering this for a, a smaller investment. And there's lots of different work that's going on with PCOS during that month. So I'm out networking more. So it just gives people more opportunity and a reason to talk about it. But yeah, that's a good question. Why not even just lower it to allow for it to be more accessible all the time? Although, as I say that, I'm totally brainstorming out loud. The price point in order for me to be able to allow to have access monthly like I've been doing, the price point on average, like having the coupon for those two months and then the rest, the other 10 months having it the typical price, it basically has allowed me then to have enough income to be able to continue to do those monthly calls. So I don't think I would be able to do that if I lowered it. And that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's just the reality of the world that you know some people have more money than other people and some people are willing to pay more than other people for something. And sometimes that's okay. it's not immoral. Like if somebody is, is rich and doesn't mind paying full price for something and somebody else only wants to buy that thing when it's at a discount. Right, right. That's okay for essentially for the for the more wealthy person to subsidize the person who's less wealthy by buying your course at full price, right? That that's a business thing that's been around forever. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I was just kind of curious if you had thought through that, but I think that makes sense. No, I hadn't thought through it. <laughs> so, yeah, and and I've like looked at the price and see how I could um like as it started out lower, it started at 497. And when I look at the depth of information that I'm putting in there, it just didn't seem to match. That's why I did increase it. And I appreciate it's a really big investment, but a lot of the work that people go through in that course is the work I would have done with a, a client individually for a whole year, you know? And so it's, it has a lot of meat to it. 
So yeah, and I, I think what you're saying, it, it feels like true to me. You know, there are people who have access to more uh, ability to pay a higher price. And um, so that allows me then to be able to offer the the lower price some months. So yeah. Yeah. And I think that that actually makes a lot of sense. And that's something for some people to think about is that you can still use discounts and coupons in a way that doesn't feel icky. Because I think mm-hmm. the way you're doing it, it, it is actually a good way to do it, where you're being clear that, hey, this isn't only going to happen once ever. This is the coupon now, mm-hmm. and it also will be available later in the year. So if, if, you're, if you need to save up, now you know. Like I think that's a nice way to do it, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Like you said, it also can be repurposed for, for launches around specific months or around certain events that are going on. It, it, it's an interesting idea. So yeah, kind of in closing here, are there any membership type resources you'd recommend? And by resources, I mean, you know, blogs, websites, podcasts, courses, things like that, that, you know, listeners out there you think could get some benefit from. Mm -hmm. So I have um, really appreciated, especially when I was trying to figure out the best way to market this course and connecting with like the traditional marketing, I don't know, just ways of of launching a course were not sitting well with me and my audience. I stumbled upon Kelly Deal's work. She's a feminist marketer. And so she's someone who I've been studying under now. And, you know, she I think she's writing a book. So as as she's writing the book, she's posting all the the blog posts of like each not necessarily each chapter, but most of the book. So it's kind of been nice to be able to read as she's writing it. And she also does some trainings just to like help you to be able to understand how marginalized populations often can be manipulated by marketing and how to avoid that. And then, but yet also like I need to be okay with selling this course. Again, 697 is a pretty big investment. I've had and you know, I told you earlier, I'm a dietitian, and dietitians we are for the most part a female-dominated profession. And as females, we're often taught to, um, especially those of us who are socialized as females, we're going to be not feeling very comfortable with money and selling our products for a higher price. But I feel really confident in that, like I'm giving a lot when I sell this this course, and people are getting a lot in return. And I'm still there for my members every month, and that's something that feminist marketing kind of ways of of studying that has helped me to to assert my power in that way and also not feel like I'm manipulating anyone because I do need to get paid for this. I went to school for a very long time. I finally paid off my loans and <laughs> I have a mortgage to pay, you know? So it's helped me to be able to like provide for my family and also feel like um, consistent and congruent and also following just what I believe in. Yeah. I mean, again, the fact that you've only given two refunds in the couple of years this has been out, I think is very strong evidence that what you're selling is is absolutely worth it to 99.99% of people who have bought it. So yeah, congrats there. Yeah. So how can people learn more about you and, and what you offer? So my website's the best place to go if you're interested in just how I set up, even just like how I market this course and all that, you can connect to it there. So my my website is juliedillonrd.com. And when you go through there, you'll find the PCOS course really easily. But if you want to check that out as you're listening, it's pcosandfoodpeace.com. Great. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by MemberSpace, membership software anyone can use to easily turn their existing website into a membership business. You can learn more by visiting memberspace.com.